When was the last time that you were affected by a truth that you heard? When were our lives last affected by a truth that we heard? Maybe there was something in your past someone said. Maybe it was not in a church setting. Maybe it was in another setting, but they said something that triggered something in your life. And from that moment on, you set off on a different course. Or maybe it was in a church service. Maybe there was something said by someone that you were talking to after the service. Or maybe it came from the preaching of the Word. But there was something said that you stopped doing something that you should not have been doing. Or maybe it was something on the positive side. Maybe you were like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to add this to my life. Today, I'm asking you to add prayer to your life, to the, to the place that it, and the prominence it should be in your life. So I'm asking you today to let this be one of those moments where you will hear something and it will so impact your life that you will be changed from this day forward. How many of you believe that's a possibility? It's dependent on you. It's not dependent on me. It's not dependent even on God. It's dependent on you. Now, God will come alongside of you. He will embrace you. He will help you. He will empower you if you make that decision. But that is exactly what he wants us all to do today. Jesus, there were a couple of times when he was uh, roused to righteous indignation or anger. Um, there's, it's all right to be righteously angry about something going on that's contrary to God or the kingdom, but there was one time, and all of us heard it probably growing up in a class setting in Sunday school or otherwise, but it was that time when Jesus walked into the temple, and what he saw, he was not expecting. What he was expecting when he walked into that temple, that house of God, what he was expecting and what should have been happening was people should have had their hands up in worship and praise. People should have been kneeling before God, crying out to God for Israel and the lifting of the bondage of the Romans at that time. They should have been praying with all their heart. There should have been people in there crying, tears running down their face. There should have been in there people in intercessory prayer for their nation because at that time they desperately needed it. But he didn't find that. What he found was money changers. What he found was a carnival atmosphere and people taking advantage of others because of the holiday that it was or the celebration that it was. So he walks in there and immediately sees what he should not have seen. And you know what happened. He made a whip. He began to drive those people out, uh, those that think that Jesus was only meek and mild and soft-spoken. Well, you should have seen him that day. He was riled up, uh, taking a whip. And I, I don't even know if, if he hit anybody with it. Uh, I don't know if he was cracking the floor or what he was doing. He was overturning tables. And he said, 
My house, my father's house is a house of prayer. It is called a house of prayer, the Bible says. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Now today, today, where is God's house? Now we refer to this fellowship and and the campuses and online. We refer to it as the church. And sometimes we think in the context of, uh, of being in a building. But the only reason we say that is because it's filled with believers who have the spirit of Christ within them. Where is the house of God today? It is anywhere Christ resides by his spirit. So you and I are the house of God. So we need to look at our own lives because we are to be called the house of God, the house of prayer. So we need to look at our own lives and say, is my life, is this house of God a house of prayer? And if it is not, we need to make a spiritual whip and drive some things out of our life that should not be there or maybe overturn some tables of some things in our life or in our mind that should not be there that would hinder you and I from being a house of prayer. How many of you want to be called a house of prayer? That's exactly what we should be called, a house of prayer. Well, what is the primary reason we should pray? What is the primary reason we should pray? Maybe this answer is not what you would have written down, but stay with me. To build and maintain a dynamic love relationship with God. Prayer is to build and maintain a dynamic relationship with God because when you have a dynamic relationship with God, out of that will flow answered prayer. Out of that will flow divine revelation from God to our lives. So you've got to have a relationship of love with God if your prayers are going to get answered. Even a husband can not honor his wife and have his prayers uh, hindered. There's all kind of things that can hinder our prayers. But if we've got a dynamic, love-filled relationship with God, all kinds of spiritual, powerful things will come out of that. The Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, can I add, and woman, the effective, fervent prayer of man availeth much. So may we start to pray fervently. The Bible also says, you have not because you, you have not because you ask not. What is it that God has laid on your heart or you are aware of by the Spirit that you have need of? What is it? Well, you got to ask. Some years ago, I first shared this example, but it proves true today. If you need your house painted, and if the paint's crackling outside on the exterior walls, it's beginning to look really bad, and your neighbor is a painter, 
He's got a paint truck. He parks in the driveway. Not supposed to, according to HOA, but he does it anyway. All right, so he's got it parked there. And you see it leave every day, and you see it come back every night. And you say to your wife, or you say to your husband, why doesn't our neighbor come paint our house? He knows it needs painting. Can he see it? He's a painter. He could do that. He's got the equipment. He's got everything he needs to fix our problem. Why doesn't he come paint our house? Well, the answer is obvious. Because you have not asked and you have not paid. All right, so anyway. So first of all, you're going to go over there and ask him, hey, neighbor, would you give me an estimate on my house to paint it? You don't have to travel very far. You can just walk over here. You should give me a discount for that, right? You know, now, just as a believer, don't browbeat somebody down. Ask for a deal, of course. I'm going to ask for a deal, period, all right? But make sure you compensate accordingly. They got to live, too. And so, anyway, so they don't do it because you don't ask. Ask. You have not because you... There at Michigan Street, you have not because you ask not. I didn't hear you. All right, so you don't have because you don't ask, Redbug. So let's start asking, being in a vibrant, dynamic love relationship with Christ. Now, usually on Sunday morning, just like this morning, I get up about the same time, eat the same thing, do the same thing, come to church, pray the same way, you know, for a uh, uh, time starting around 7 o'clock, a few minutes after. This morning I got up, made my organic oatmeal, blueberry oatmeal, put a half a banana, a bunch of blueberries I bought yesterday at Sam's, and some walnuts. It is no wonder I feel still pretty good. All right, so I ate a healthy, healthy breakfast. And so I drank a little bit of coffee, I only usually drink a couple of cups a day in the morning. Not like you that can drink it at 12 o'clock at night and go right to sleep. You are addicted. I just want you to know. All right, so you need prayer and deliverance. All right, but anyway, you'll still make it to heaven, but you're addicted. But all right, so this morning, drank a little coffee. When I went to walk out the door holding my suit and the notes, I filled up the coffee cup. I always do. Walked out the door, locked it behind me. I had a more, little more than I usually carry and got in my car, got halfway here. I looked down to lift up my coffee cup. It's not there. I'm like, where in the world? I think I left it on top of the car. I do that sometimes. So I pulled over. I looked on the top of the car. It wasn't there. I'm like, Oh, my goodness, I need another cup of coffee. It's early in the morning. I need coffee. And so I'm like, where did I leave it? I don't know. Maybe I left it on the washing machine when I walked out the door. How could I do this? I know. I, God knows I need coffee in the morning. Why did he let me forget it? I come. I go in the prayer room. Right after 7, I start praying, but I got coffee on my mind. I need coffee. They have coffee over in the cafe. Why don't they bring me coffee? Why don't they just bring, don't they know I need coffee? No, they didn't know. But I decided 
If I was going to stay in that prayer room, I needed coffee. I text them. I've never done that ever, ever, ever. I text them and said, Sandy, I need coffee. Uh, can you send some over? Thanks. And I waited. And it was like five minutes. I'm like, dear Lord, where is my coffee? Where is my, they, don't they know I'm the pastor? Shouldn't they have jumped on that, run around, said, got the coffee, ran over here? No, I don't expect them to act that way, all right? Well, I kind of do, but anyway. And so <laughs> finally, seemed like forever, but it was only really a few minutes, an angel walked through the door looking like a man. The only problem, the only way I knew it wasn't an angel, he had a black mask on. I know angels wear white masks, all right? So anyway, that was the only thing. And so he walks over, hands me that Starbucks, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanked him. Didn't give him a tip. But anyway, I went and got some milk, poured it in there, sat there and drank that Starbucks coffee. And I'm telling you, I needed it. And I prayed longer than I normally do. And so I just kept praying. I, I was energized to go. I had not, but I asked and I received, thank God. So let me just tell you something. I mean, I am sure that if you had texted them and said, bring me a cup of coffee, I don't know what they would do. Maybe they would text you back and say, come get it. All right, so I don't know. But when I text them, they answered and brought it to me. I just want you to know, God is the same way. When you let God know what you need, you're his child. And uh, it doesn't, he's not going to say, come get it. No, he's going to send it to you because he loves you. You're in a relationship with him. Now, there's not just the presenting of our need to God when we pray. There's a time or should be a time for thanksgiving and praise and, and a time for confession. There, through the years, there have been times I've been praying. I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me what I said. God, forgive me for this. Such, God, forgive me. I, and prayer will bring out the need of any confession in your life. Some of you. You're, you're being prompted right now to come back to prayer. Say it with me, everybody. Come back to prayer. Come back to prayer. Come back to prayer. There at the campuses and online. Come back to prayer. And so, Thanksgiving, confession, intercession, and also listening. Listening to God. God has something to say. So listen to what God has. Philippians 4, 6 says this, be anxious for nothing. I like what the, another translation says, don't worry about anything. Why don't you say that with me? Don't worry about anything. Let's say it again and every one of us listening, don't worry about anything, but, but, in everything, instead of worrying, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, crying out in humility with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Wow. 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 Well, it is true. We can pray anywhere, anytime on I-4. We can pray in the car, we can pray on our bed, we can pay on, pray on the floor, we can pray kneeling, we can pray walking. It doesn't matter the posture or the, even the place, but there is one place that Jesus said for us to pray. 
Only one place. He prayed on the hillside, but he said this in Matthew 6, verse 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, closet, secret place, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Wow. Wow. Listen, maybe you're being stirred. I, I know you are. You're being stirred right now. You're thinking about prayer. You're thinking about your need to, to fix in your life some issues and, and bring about a, a more of an effective prayer life. But let me say to you, this will help you. You, you need a plan. You need a place, and you need a time or a couple times, all right? You need a plan. You need a place. You need a time. If God were to ask you to pray and ask him for anything, anything, he would give it to you. He did that for Solomon, you know. He came to Solomon in a dream after Solomon had sacrificed all day unto God. And God came to him in a dream and said, ask me whatever you want. This is your one time. Whatever you want. Riches, all the riches in the world. I don't know how long Solomon contemplated. But I think probably it was almost immediate that Solomon said, I want an understanding heart to be able to judge your people because Solomon had just become king and he was overwhelmed. He felt like he was in over his head. How I many of you have ever felt that way before? He was in over his head and he's like, God, I need help. I, I don't need riches right now. I don't need long life. I need an understanding and wise heart. I think that's why we even have the, well, it is the reason we have Proverbs, the book of wisdom. As a result of that, what would we say? I think it would probably be whatever has been on our heart. I know if God were to come to me a dream and say, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything. There's a couple of things that I would ask that I pray for on a regular basis. This past Friday, I guess it was, I prayed for Alice. Not that, I mean, you know, she hadn't done anything. I just prayed for her. All right, so anyway, uh, um, you know, God straightened Alice out. No, I didn't pray that. I was like, <laughs> God, touch her, uh, you know. And then I got nine grandkids, so that takes a while to pray through them, but there's a couple of situations even with grandkids that I really focus in on, and one of them is my little grandson in Lakeland, because he was two years old, and they were concerned about him and took him, and, and somebody said, well, he's on the spect autism spectrum. Uh, I'm like, I don't confess that. I don't even say that. I just said, the doctor said that. I didn't say it. Uh, I, 
you know, I've been speaking over that kid's life, and I told my daughter, I said, he's going to be speaking by four. The other day, Alice and I went over there. He's putting words together, and up to three words, and I'm like, this is happening. But when he was like two, Alice and I were over there babysitting, and, and he clings to me like glue. There's only maybe one other, but at the time, I was thinking, oh, you know, one out of nine's not bad, you know. Uh, they All the rest of them, you know, they flocked to her, wave at me on the way. And, uh, but this one just comes to me, and if Alice tries to come, he just turns away. I'm like, I'm sorry, Alice. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Of course I don't. Of course I don't. But I try to comfort her with a smile, but it seldom works. But anyway, and so he's finally coming around, and he's, I mean, you know, one day I, he was so touched by her, I couldn't believe it. But on this particular night a year or so ago, my daughter had said he's not sleeping. And so I had him. He was, was putting him to bed. And, and um, I was in his room, just me and him. It was kind of dark. And he lays his head on my shoulder, and I'm patting him and talking to him. And then I'm like, I just start praying in the Spirit praying in the prayer language, and I'm just praying away. And it's like he's just, the, the presence of God is a soothing thing. And it was just like he was just being enraptured by that in the presence of God. And I just kept praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit of my love, and my concern. And then finally, I laid him over in the bed and the next day, my, our daughter calls and said, what did y'all do last night? He, and I, we were like, what? He, he slept through the whole night. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, thank God. Now, listen, I mean, he hasn't slept through every night since then. I, you know, but I don't, we don't focus on what we may not understand. We focus on the fact that God answers prayer. And we focus on the positive. We confess the righteous. Well, no, Solomon didn't ask for all those other things. But then when he did not, the Bible says it pleased the Lord. And he said, because you didn't ask for riches, I'm going to give you riches. Because you didn't ask for long life, I'm going to give you long life. Because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, I'm going to, be, I'm going to give you the power to overcome your enemies. Doesn't God always do abundantly above all that we could ask or think? Doesn't he always? You know, there's 16 times Jesus said something in Scripture. Jesus said something 16 times. You know what it is? Of course not. There's too many questions about the Bible. You hadn't counted this particular one necessarily, but I'm going to tell you what it is. He who has ears. Let him He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus said it like 16 times in the Bible. You got ears? Reach up. Make sure they're still there. Ears. Ears. You can hear. How many of you can hear? They're at Redbug. They're at Michigan online. They're all at home, wherever you are. How many of you can hear? If you've got ears, you need to hear. He's talking about hearing God. 
He's talking about coming back to prayer. Maybe more than even God hearing from us, we need to hear from God. There are those of you that you need to hear from God. You need a word for your life. And I pray in Jesus' name that Christ would come to you in a powerful way. Now, there's one thing. Jesus said there is one thing we cannot do without. Jesus said on one occasion, there's one thing you cannot do without. You may not know the answer to that either. But you really do. You just don't know you don't. Don't know you do. All right, so let me tell you where it is. Let me read it to you. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Here it is. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Jesus, his disciples, arrived at the home of Mary and Martha. Martha sees this crowd of men, hungry men, runs to the kitchen, starts running around in a panic and a frenzy, preparing a meal, which is a good thing. They needed to eat. And then she looks out at the front where Jesus is, and she sees that rascally sister of hers sitting there doing nothing. And immediately anger rises up in her heart, and she goes to her, Huh, what are you doing out here? Then is when Jesus turned to Martha. And it wasn't, I don't believe Jesus said, Martha, Martha. No, it was like, Martha. Martha. She has chosen the good part. Martha, you're too worried about stuff. And you have overlooked something more important than us eating dinner here. What was it? In verse 39, it tells us, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word, is something that Jesus said you cannot do without. On a scale of 1 to 10, how important, let me ask you this question, on a scale 1 to 10, how important is prayer for living the Christian life? Somebody said 10, 9, <laughs> 10, okay. We all know it's supposed to be 10, right? But in reality, in our lives, where is it? And you say, Oh, my Lord, I'm glad he's not personally asking us. Okay, well, I'm going to slip down and ask somebody. No, I'm not. Because the good news is this. Even if you're a two or a four or a five or six, the good news is you don't have to stay there. You can move up. That's why we're talking about coming back to prayer and making it essential in our lives on a scale of one to ten. How important is prayer in doing ministry? How important is doing prayer or, or doing it in ministry? 
praying before we do ministry. Well, of course, on a scale of one to 10, it's up there. It's a 10, of course, we are to pray before doing ministry. Folks, I'm glad that it's not just me and staff around here that does ministry. I see some of you out on social media, you're doing ministry, you're witnessing, you're speaking truth, preaching the, the word. You are using those platforms in a godly ministerial way, and God bless each and every one of you that are doing it. It doesn't matter where you are today. This word, if you will let it, will alter your life. And 10 years from now, you can look back and say, God stirred my heart. God stirred my heart in August 2020, one of the most difficult, unusual years, but God stirred my heart to be a prayer warrior, to change my prayer life, to go from a two to a 10, and to honor God and have a vibrant love relationship with Christ. Well, stay with me. I better hurry up here. It was Barna recently that said, the only things that change us are the things we do most regularly, not the ones that have... We do every once in a while, but the things that we do regularly, well, our hearts need to be prepared before God. We need to have pure hearts, righteous hearts. We don't need to have divided hearts. We can't serve mammon and God. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. No, we can't have a divided heart, a damaged heart. Maybe your heart was damaged growing up. Uh, Maybe it was sexual abuse. Maybe it was something else. But I'm telling you, God can heal your heart because he wants to use your heart, all right, to be an effective instrument in his hands. He wants to use it. It's been said that, that those, there, there are those that could have a hard heart. What, do you, what causes a hard heart? What causes a hard heart? Do you know that you can go to church every week and end up with a hard heart? All you have to do is hear the word and not do it. I said, you can end up with a hard heart. All you have to do is hear the word and not do it. And so, how many of you, you want to walk out of here? We want to do the word of God, amen? We want to come back to prayer, get in that vibrant love relationship with Christ, and let miracles flow out of that. How does dirt become hard? Just do nothing with it. Just avoid it. Ignore it. It'll turn hard. Well, I pray today. I pray and ask today that you will see the capacity of miracles that are awaiting you. You have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you're not in a vital, vibrant love relationship with Christ where you feel comfortable offering up your prayers, knowing there's a mighty God that loves you uh, and is not going to ignore you, and he's going to respond to you. I'm not saying he doesn't sometimes say no, all right, when it's in your best interest in the kingdom. But God has miracles waiting for you. Say amen. Yes, he does. Bow your heads with us, please. There at the campus is here. God. Stir our hearts. 
God, may this come back to prayer, message, word, spirit moving upon it. May we truly move up on the scale of prayer and priority. God, thank you for filling us with faith, anointing. May the anointing of God rest on every person that's born again, that's listening right now. May they sense that, oh yes, some you're feeling, you're feeling the anointing coming over you right now. You're feeling the anointing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And while that's taking place, for any in this building that don't know Christ as Savior, for any at the campuses that don't know Christ, those of you at home, you may be sitting with family, you don't know Christ. You don't have a relationship with God. You know about Him in your mind, you don't have Him in your heart. And I challenge you today, in these trying times, God didn't cause them, but God will use them. And God will use them because when fear rises in your heart, hopefully it will lead you to turn to the only solution. That's the love of God. The love of God, perfect love, cast out all fear. But for you that are watching, maybe here in the building, things are going good for you. You don't fear. You got plenty. You don't have to worry about anything. And in that good hour you find yourself in, I pray you will stop long enough to realize that this earth we're only passing through eternity awaits all of us. So we're going to pray right now, and I'm going to ask everyone online there at the campuses here in the building, out in the atrium to pray with us. And if you need Christ, you pray this prayer, you believe with us, Christ is going to come into your life and change you and forgive you of your sins. So pray with me, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I ask your forgiveness. I ask your forgiveness. Of all my sins. Of all my sins. I surrender to your will. I surrender to your will. I ask you, Lord. I ask you, Lord. To come into my life. To come into my life. To change me. To change me. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving my soul. For saving my soul. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Praise God forever. Listen, if you prayed that prayer on the screen, you can text SAVED and uh, send a text to us to let us know you prayed that prayer. Uh, Allison, I just met someone recently. They may even be in this service. A lady that was a Muslim. She's come to Christ. How? God appeared to her in a dream. God loves you. And when he appeared, she realized it was Jesus. And so now she's committed her heart and life to Christ. God will go to great lengths to reach you. Now, right before we close, I'm going to pray a prayer, a blessing. God is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And some of you, we forgot about the other ailments, all right? Everything's been about COVID. Some of you have other issues physically going on in your life. God's a healer. God can heal COVID. I said God can heal COVID. Uh, it doesn't take, God can do anything. God is capable and more than capable of healing any virus. So we're gonna pray. 
Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to those at the campuses and online. God, I speak healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are Jehovah Rapha. And so, Lord, I speak that word in Jesus' name. And I thank you, oh Lord God, by your stripes we were healed. So I pray the healing virtue of God flow through this place. I pray right now people be healed in this building, there at the campuses, online, at their home. God, in Jesus' name, may the anointing of God flow and touch and minister in the name of Jesus. Stand with us, please. Everyone standing with us. Now listen, we are going to open these altars. Um, those of you that just want to pray, you just feel like you need to just come to the altar area and pray, why don't you do it over in this area, all right? But if you need somebody to pray with you, why don't you do it over to my left in this area? Someone will be here to pray with you. But if you just want to spend a few minutes in prayer, come over here. But listen, a plan. You need a plan. You need a place. And you need a couple of times, all right? So let's implement this call to prayer. Come back to prayer. God bless you. Pastor John, please. Overflow in this place, fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. Boy, you're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. God, we thank you that we're surrounded by your love, and I pray in Jesus' name. That as these your people go, that God, you would go with them, continue to minister and do what you do. That's be God all by yourself in the most majestic way in Jesus' name. Amen. These altars are going to remain open for anyone who'd love to come down and, and pray or worship. Uh, we'd love for you to do so. Otherwise, we pray that you have a wonderful week to come. Those of you watching online, uh, don't forget to text SAVE to the number that's on your screen. Or even call if you'd like someone to pray with you as well. We have people on the phones ready to minister to you. As well, we want you to know that Kids Way is coming with ministry for you and your children. God bless. We'll see you again very soon.